Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Man, there is so much delight in finding a really good ice cream or water ice place near you, you guys. Yes, there is. Have you found one? I have. There's a really good water ice place that looks like it's in one of those strip malls that is just a liquor store and a Wawa, and you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm never going there because that's where people buy meth, probably. Um, but the, but I went in there the other day cause I wanted to buy some math. Yeah. And you're like, what flavors no. do you have? Can I sample it? Yeah. Um, no, but their water ices are so good. They have one that's called ch- cherry Bordeaux oh. and it's like wine flavored with cherry chunks in it. Oh my God. It's so good. Oh, weird. Is it like a bougie water ice place? No, that's the only bougie flavor. The rest are like raspberry and watermelon and all the stuff you would normally get. And they do the thing where they mix it with soft serve like Rita's Water yeah. Ice does. Oh my god, so it's so good. Love that <sighs> blended with custard, like the Misto, yeah. I think is what Rita's calls it. No, which is a Misto, bad oh yeah, Misto's like the milkshake. Is I was it the gelati? Yeah, gelati, the oh, layered Oh, you one. want it layered, I want it blended. Yeah. No, I like, to, I like to be able to pick my, like ratio on every spoonful mm. you know pick so your good. poison yep um but it has to not be a chain one because it robs it of its specialness if you find a really good ice cream place near you and it's like fucking friendlies or whatever even though friendlies does have great ice if you cream. found a really good ice cream place and it was friendlies that would be surprising in and of itself <laughs> yeah it would be hey that Sunday that has an upside down yes! ice cream cone as a, yeah! as a clown hat is pure genius, and I won't hear anything against it. <laughs> I was going to mention that. I one. agree. What about the peanut butter parfait with the hot peanut butter sauce? So good. Oh, listen, listen. Peanut butter ice cream is like criminally underutilized. I think it's so good. Oh man, ice cream. Yep. I also, I think that I'm an old man now. Mm-hmm. In that. I feel you like take a look at your life. Yep, I'm I take a, a look at my like life, and it's a lot like were... this clown Sunday's yeah. life in <laughs> so many ways. You and the clown contemplating each other across the table. Yep. <laughs> Both of us slowly melting. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say I think that I've gotten to the point where a slightly salty ice cream is like the the thing I want most instead yes. of just pure sweetness, like a child would want. Yes, salted caramel, excellent. <clears throat> Pretzels Pistachio, good. Mm, a little bit bitter if it's coffee or like a burnt caramel. Mm. Mm, those don't really do it for me, but I get it. Good stuff. Yeah, I do I like, like um, the coffee Heath Bar Crunch mm-hmm. one. I yes. think that one's pretty good. Me too. <clears throat> uh, What's oh, everyone's yeah, yeah, favorite yeah. flavor of ice cream? Jeff? Uh, hmm. I... I think if I have to pick, like, a flavor that I could get at any ice cream shop, it's going to yes. be co- cookies and cream. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. Yeah. Louisa? I think mine's probably coffee, although if we get more specialized, and for instance, some places have a coffee, cookies, and cream, that's very good, too. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Uh, I like any raspberry. A black raspberry is usually mm-hmm. a very good choice, although sometimes they put chocolate chips in it, and it's like, what are you doing? Chocolate um, and fruit. It's a good idea. Not, I don't know. Get Chocolate chips in, in black raspberry ice cream doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, <laughs> um, I I do tend to think that ice cream needs to have chunks of something in it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do ice creams that have chunks of, like, cookie or pastry or 
biscuit or something pretzel in there if if that is on offer <clears throat> yeah i um i think if i'm searching for an ice cream i usually like to do a um something that is maybe like a cinnamony or graham crackery base that has some kind of crunchies in it mm-hmm. what that can you give an example of this ice cream uh like <laughs> there was one that uh, was at the ice cream place I worked where it was graham cracker ice cream with swirls of, like, graham cracker, I don't know, sort of like cookie butter, but graham crackers instead. Uh, <laughs> you know, when there's swirls in ice cream, it's clearly not just, like, solid cookie, but, like, crumbs made into a little paste. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that, and then chunks of chocolate-covered graham cracker, like, crunchies. Huh. All right. Yeah. Uh, that type ben of thing's really good. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's has a new flavor that's cinnamon ice cream with chunks of, uh, like, streusel and cherries mm. called Cherry Cobbler, and it's real good. Yeah, mm. I liked that one. Mm. Um, I think my favorite of the Ben and Jerry's is Gimme S'more, uh, <laughs> which I think is graham cracker ice cream with marshmallow swirl, or flip those, I don't know. Uh, and then it's got, like, Oreo and chocolate chunk crumbles. Last night I tried Chubby Hubby for the first time because I realized that I'm now legally allowed to have it because I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. And y'all, it's real good. What's in that one? I get it confused with Chunky Monkey. It's it's vanilla ice cream with peanut butter swirl and chocolate covered pretzels. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> it's very good. Although the pretzel chunks are huge, way bigger than I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm, don't like that. I... They're like the size of marbles. Yeah. I'm sad at the ice creams I'm excluded from because of my dislike of peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, you don't like peanut butter. Yeah, because mm. chubby hubby sounds like it would be great, <laughs> but I don't really care for peanut butter. Mm. If I liked peanut butter, I bet that would be one of my favorite ones. Do you like any other nut butters or nut flavors? Mm. Uh, not when it's phrased like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I don't mind peanuts but mm. peanut butter is kind of gross uh, i feel the opposite we're in a real lady hot situation and i like all nuts <laughs> uh i like i the other the lately i've been going to the park and i've been getting like a snack to bring to the park so i don't have to get a big sandwich or something for lunch mm. Uh, and you can't bring a peanut butter sandwich because then the squirrels will get you yeah exactly uh <laughs> and you know allergies mm. uh these woke park mobs making me not have gay peanut butter or whatever. Uh, Now I'm imagining little squirrels wearing, like, back the blue t-shirts. Oh god. I like the idea of, uh, of someone who's just, like, against stuff, but also not really knowledgeable enough to know. Like, why can't my peanut butter be gay? Mm -hmm. I don't under, I don't think you've. I don't think you've listened to the people who are angry on either side. <laughs> uh, that's a fun. You comedy just described concept. Twitter. Yeah, you're just describing everything uh, that happens uh, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, anyway, I um, I've been getting like little things. I want to say like a tin or a jar, but no, it's like a little plastic box. Uh, or a plastic jar. No, I had a screw top lid for the last one of cashews or other similar mm. nuts. Okay. Yeah. Man, those are, that's, that's some good eating right there. 
I love cashews, but I don't find them satisfying. Like, I'm never like, I'm hungry, I'll eat some cashews, and that'll make you make me feel less hungry. Mm, you have to eat more of them. I've eaten so many of them. When do I learn? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you have to eat more of them in one sitting. You keep eating them until you feel bad. The thing is, yeah, you eat them till you still you feel bad, but you still feel hungry at the end, is my experience. Like, you don't want to eat any more cashews, but you also want to eat real food. Mm. I never want to eat cashews, if that helps. But they're so good. Mm. That's true, they are. Mm. He's got you. <laughs> I didn't realize until I started trying to cook fairly authentic Indian cuisine that so many curries are, like, ground-up cashews is the base for... Oh, yeah. Curry paste. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're all over good. the place. Love it. Yeah. Oh, so good. I mean, I think most nuts are pretty good. Although, I've never been able to get on board with, like, those Brazil nuts, those big, big guys. Yeah. They, Th- those they aren't used in anything except whole nut mixes, are they? I've never seen anything flavored with them. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I finally finished uh, a video game I've been kind of playing for maybe about a year or so on and off. Elden Ring. (laughs) Nope, I'm never going to finish that one. (laughs) I'm like 130 hours in and not even close. Um, uh, AM2R, which stands for Another Metroid 2 remake. Uh, oh, okay. This, this is one of those fucked up fan things. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I, in general, have uh, pretty bad opinions about uh, fans and the things that they create. You're constantly uh, making fan games, though, which I would never do. When? What? I've uh, never did I say making? making I, I meant playing, yes. Uh, yes. There's, I think, a distinction between a fan game and a ROM hack. Why? <laughs> it's it's hard to mess up when your plan for uh, your game is, I'm going to take this already made good thing and just put different Pokemon in it. That's just that's Wait, just. Are ch- there Pokemon in this Metroid game? No, but most of the ROM hacks oh, I'll cool. play would be like, uh, here's a you know it's Pokemon Emerald, but you can get all of the Pokemon in it. That doesn't require you to be a game designer; just requires you to punch in some numbers. Um, mm, yeah, all right. I mean, isn't being a game designer just doesn't that just require you to punch in some numbers too? Mm, just more numbers. Em. Oh boy, that is definitely what some people who develop video games believe. <laughs> um, yes, but uh, this is no. Different. I can use pixel graphics. You see, <laughs> I don't have to have any art in my game. Uh, this is different because it was made from the ground up. Uh, cashews. Her... Yeah, it's made from ground up cashews, <laughs> just like a curry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's um it was built from the ground up as a remake of Metroid Two in the style of uh like the GBA ones or Super Metroid. Mm, um, okay, and it was developed. From, like, the mid-aughts, and then finally finished uh, around 2016, um, just before, I think, uh, I think just before it was finished, he got the DCMA, DMCA takedown request from Nintendo, Mm. um, because they were doing the remake of Metroid 2 for the 3DS. Um, But then... The original developer got hired to work on uh, actual 
video games. <laughs> um, he got hired by the team who makes the Ori games to design levels for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah, those were okay. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, uh, and I think probably speaks to the quality of this fan game that he it was good enough that a uh, like, Microsoft-affiliated developer hired him outright. I feel like that's how a lot of stories about fan-made games are going lately. <laughs> like, that happened with that Sonic game yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, uh... <clears throat> It, I think because there have been a handful of successes, now people are thinking, well, that's my key to success. Yeah. Um, so we all need to make a fan-made version of Dark Populous. Oh. Ooh, across... <clears throat> it's Populous and Dark Souls combined. <laughs> oh, wait. No, D- Jeff, you're describing an actually good video game. Yeah. No, you have to, uh... That's how, that's how they get you. You're trying to make the citizens of Farum Azula prevent it from crumbling by uh, making them happy and have a government and stuff. <laughs> I mean, it does kind of sound like that game series. What is it? It was like Might and, Might and Magic uh, spinoff. <clears throat> no, I, don't, I, I have very little familiarity with Might and Magic. My only uh, real dip into that series was the one-off puzzle spin-off for the DS. Oh, yeah. And oh, that game kicked ass, Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, that game <laughs> is really good, and I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It was, like, free if you had an Xbox or something. I, there was, at some point, it was like, why don't you just play this? And I was like, okay, and then I probably spent, I don't know, 300 hours trying to, like, three-star all of the levels. Ugh. Fantastic game. Man, uh, I like this idea, though, because it ties into my interest, which is seeing a game that has, for storytelling reasons, someone who lives in, like, a broken-down swamp shack, and mm. I kind of wish there was a side quest just to help them fix up their swamp shack. Like, that's what I would love to do in that game. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, wait, it could be, like, an ogre who lives mm-hmm. in this broken-down swamp, and he doesn't like anyone, and uh-huh. you Does are some kind out? of... Donkey. <laughs> oh, okay, Donkey is a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's gonna be real quiet, though, if you're playing as a normal donkey. Maybe you can talk? Yeah. Oh, oh, I know, we'll get Counting Crows to do the soundtrack. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> well, I think we could get them for at most one song, and okay, only fair in enough. the sequel. Well, then Smash Mouth can fill in okay, for cool. the rest. Yeah, can we get some uh, performances of Hallelujah in there for no reason? Is that <laughs> oh, possible? Oh, fuck, did that happen in Shrek? Yes! Oh my god, Matt, god damn it. they do the full <laughs> song over a montage of all the characters at their is that where I started hating that song? Probably. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Shrek is, I wouldn't say a bad movie, but definitely, like, (laughs) the most average movie possible. (laughs) In our uh, friends group Dungeons & Dragons game this past week, uh, they're exploring a dungeon where every room is based on a fairy tale, and they walked into a swamp that said, like, Shrek's Swamp or whatever, and everyone just turned around and walked out again. (laughs) That was smart. <laughs> oh, it was very funny. Um, anyway, uh, this Metroid 2 remake, pretty good. Uh, okay. I only first played Metroid 2 maybe a year ago in the lead-up to Metroid Dread, um, and I loved it. I, I know that it's it's considered, like, the, the black sheep of the series, um, which is why... A lot of people in the um, mid-2000s were trying to remake it, such that the most popular one ended up being titled Another Metroid 2 Remake. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think the original is good. I don't think it needs a, a remake in the style of the GBA games. But I did like this one because it was basically like getting a new little pretty good Metroid game. And because it was released for Android, weirdly, uh, I was able to play it on my uh, my little handheld uh Retroid Pocket 2 Plus, which is an Android device in the, like, form factor of a, of a Game Boy-style thing. Mm. Oh yeah, I've seen those before. Those those look interesting, but I can't justify buying a whole hardware just for emulation. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's why I specifically wanted one of the, uh, one of the ones that runs Android, because that kind of expands the games that I can play on it to, yeah. um, you know, a little more stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is, I think if you have, even if you have an Android phone with a controller that you can hook up to it, the, uh, Android version of AM2R is, like, the perfect little, little game for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do we have any, any questions from the audience? (laughs) Uh, I was, I wanted to make a joke earlier about how Metroid 2 was the one that was all in a dream, and in Japan it came out as Doki Doki Panic, but that kind of, the opportunity kind of slipped past me. Okay, okay, I I like it. I like that one. Uh, (laughs) I think now the only Metroid game in the, like, main series that I haven't uh, played all the way through is the first one, because it's Hmm. so dated. Yeah, it's weird how few of the early video. I remember when I was a kid playing those early NES games and being blown away with the world of imagination that they inspired, and now they are just dog shit. Yeah. There's so much nostalgia for them, but if you go back and try to play fucking Dragon Quest 1, it's Ugh. just so boring. <laughs> There yeah, are... You have to be able to read the manual and look at the pictures of the people and mm-hmm. imagine those little sprites are the people to make yeah. it work. Be there... like, is this that guy from Dragon Ball, <laughs> you say, mm-hmm. reading the manual? There are ones that hold up, but it's definitely like more misses than hits um, until you get was... to the 16-bit era, I think. During the Steam Summer Sale, they had the Mega Man Legacy Collection on PC for on sale for like ninety nine cents, and I was like, "I like Mega Man, sure, why not?" I tried to play Mega Man One. That game sucks so bad; it's so <laughs> shitty. I couldn't believe how shitty that game is. That's oh, but the guys are all different themes. Everyone loves different <clears throat> themed guys. I I would I would count the first six Mega Mans as NES games that uh, are still like playable and kind of fun. I just feel like the first Mega Man, they were, like, not sure how to make things challenging without making them stupidly arbitrary. (laughs) They would be like, alright, you have to jump across this pit, and there's a, like, a platform that will appear, but you can't know where the platform will appear before you jump. So, good luck! Like, Mm. fuck off! There's no way you could possibly do this right if you hadn't memorized this whole game. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think the, the early, thing about those, I think. I think early Nintendo games were high on the idea that it was like an arcade game, but you didn't have to put in quarters, so you could keep trying over and over, so the idea was to make it so you couldn't tell what was going to happen, and you just had to learn by trying over and over. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love Shovel Knight, and that's basically the whole ethos behind Shovel Knight, yeah. but, like, 
then don't have a certain number of lives before you have to start the whole fucking game <laughs> over again. Fair. Cool. Um, yeah, I, uh... I would say, like, if I'm gonna go play an NES game, Kirby's Adventure is one that is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mainly because it came out in, like, 1991 or something. Like, it was significantly after the Super Nintendo had come out. Like, they didn't need to still be making NES games, so they had yeah. mastered it at that point. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Super Mario Bros. is playable, but it doesn't hold my attention for long. Once you get to mm. the Game Boy and Super Nintendo era stuff, it's like, there's a lot of hits. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean... It they were working with such stringent restrictions in the NES days that you have to give them credit for making anything that's even remotely entertaining. <laughs> um, I still am riding the high of playing Final Fantasy One and getting to the part where you get the rat tail and all of your um, uh, party members get all beefy and weird and fucked up. <laughs> I love that. I love there's so many games where when you describe them now, it sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good, though, because you're like, oh, man, I've leveled up my ninja character to level 80 or whatever. I can kill anything. And then you get that rat tail and he becomes a ninja. What is he? No, he becomes a samurai or whatever. And he's mm. so fucking cool. Oh, I love that. Class up <laughs> is the best mechanic in any game ever. <laughs> that is fun. It's true. Uh, Matt, what'd you do this week? Uh, I started watching a new series that came out this past week uh, called A League of Their Own on um, nice. on Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. I've been waiting to hear if that's any good before I watch it. It is extremely good. I do want to okay. say before I start that apparently there is an internet campaign of shitheads uh, that are trying to um, review bomb it because they're racists and bigots. So, Great. if you have any interest in watching A League of Their Own, I highly recommend that you do so soon, and you review it positively if you like it, um, because apparently the makers of the show are suffering a lot of criticism um, because their Rotten Tomatoes scores are so low, but that is because most of the Rotten Tomatoes scores came out within minutes of the show airing, <laughs> and were people being like, so many gay women, I hate it. Mm, okay. Yeah. And also, I've heard it, uh, it also kind of addresses the thing that the movie ignored, which is the, uh, the issue of where black women fit in with, uh, 40s baseball. The yeah, movie it's made a fig leaf of, uh, addressing it, but yeah, it didn't actually address it. Yeah, they did a good job of, of folding that in here. Uh, I think that the most compelling characters are the the black woman who wants to play the game in her community. Um, They do a very good job of sort of side-by-side showing the struggles that the women in the league are going through and also the struggles that Max, who is the woman who wants to be a pitcher in in baseball, who is a woman of color, uh, is going through just to get the opportunity to try playing. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't minimize either struggle, but it makes it very clear, like, these white women who are playing baseball are having a hard time, but this black woman who wants to play baseball hasn't even gotten to the part where she could be having a hard time because they're giving her a hard time at, at all the steps leading up to it that no one else had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very good. And I think that they're doing a good job of um, making it so that 
like, uh, the only real villains are the racists, but, like, the other members of her community are like, hey, you shouldn't try to do this because the white people will come and murder all of us. And, like, yeah, okay, (laughs) that is a fair uh, fear for you to have, and... Uh, that doesn't make you a villain that you're like, listen, I know you dream of playing baseball, but what if what if somebody comes and murders our whole community? That would be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so that- I, I, I think that that it always ends up being an interesting tension in that sort of thing. Like the people who uh, want to be safe versus the people who want to, you know, enter danger in in the uh, in the name of like standing up for themselves. Yes, exactly. And it's like. I feel like in media in general, there's often a um, message of, like, you can do anything if you follow your dreams. And, like, especially when it comes to telling children, like, when you grow up, you can be anything you want to be. And that's a good message to give to your children. But once your children grow into adults, you have to be like, there are some things that you just can't do. And I'm sorry, but that's the world we live in. And that's sort of what's going on in this show is that she's like a young woman. So she still lives with her parents and her mom is like, I know you want to be a baseball player. And I think that's great, but you cannot, it is just not possible for you to do that. And it's like, on the one hand, that is bad, that that is restrictive, and, like, progress is never made if you do that. But on the other hand, she's right. <laughs> like, yeah. even just showing up to the baseball field almost gets Max beaten to death. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so it's... so how anyway. are you liking the series so far? I really enjoy it. Um, it's doing something that I hadn't realized that I needed. Uh, first of all, I want to say, I do love the original movie. It's not as... Uh, it's not as thoughtful as the series is, obviously, because it came out a long time ago. Um, and like... And how much can you get into uh, it in a movie, really, really? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't delve into each of the characters' sort of stuff as deeply. Um, interestingly, I expected this new series to be much more dramatic because it's dealing with more problems, but it is way more of a comedy than <laughs> the movie was. Interesting. The movie is kind of like a sitcom, like a romantic comedy without the romance, because there's not really that, but um, it's got that kind of vibe of just, like, a bunch of things happening to nice people. Um, whereas I do feel like the series has actual jokes that are funny being told by comedians. Yeah. Well, that's um, pretty good. Which is great. I mean, it's very enjoyable. And one thing that I didn't realize that I needed from the movie that this series gives me is there is a character in the show that it took me a while to realize, but I'm pretty sure is just Dottie Henson, Gina Davis's character from uh, the movie. Mm -hmm. She's not the main character, but she's like beautiful and refined and everyone likes her. And she's also very good at baseball. And she sucks. Like, you hate her (laughs) watching this show. And it's like, yeah, you know, if A League of Their Own was told from anyone else's point of view except for Gina Davis, you'd be like, wow, she's the worst. (laughs) All she ever does is complain about how she doesn't want to be there, but she's better than everyone at everything. I would fucking hate her. (laughs) That's pretty good. I I like... I like when that sort of, like, the main character trope is is subverted in that way. Yeah, and she's, like, really interesting. It's the, the actress that plays her is Darcy something. I forget her last name. But she was the actress who played Janet on A Good Place. Oh, perfect. Good Place. That's great casting. 
Yeah, like, I, first of all, I did not realize how tall she is, but she is a Gina Davis level of tall. Um, and she has, like, red hair and stuff. Um, and, like, she sucks and you hate her, but also you understand what's going on with her because so much of why she is annoying is because she's, like, struggling to be what men expect her to be and she can't really mm. be the person she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good. And, like, they even get into a little bit about what's going on with the um, the chaperone that is assigned to their house where, like, in the movie she's just literally like a cartoon witch basically <laughs> yeah like you, the one scene that everyone remembers is when she gets food poisoning and almost dies and that's it oh i guess when tom hanks kisses her yeah. <laughs> anyway uh, it's she's played for comic relief and it feels bad as an adult now watching the movie to be like huh it's weird that this movie is about how women should be respected but the biggest joke is about how like haha let's make fun of this ugly old woman even though she's like 40 (laughs) anyway um in the in the show the actress who plays uh the chaperone is all right i'm gonna say who this actress is by the other roles that i know her from but this is not meant to be derogatory Uh okay uh she played she played patty the (laughs) She played Patty the Daytime Hooker on My Name is Earl. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, she also she also played the uh, meth addict who crushed her boyfriend's head with a safe on Breaking Bad. <clears throat> Dale well, I didn't Dickey see that. looks like yes. this actress's name. So I've always felt bad for her because she's an extremely good actress. Everything I've ever seen her in, I think she's great. But she always gets cast as like you can see that the casting sheet says like ugly hooker on it and that's not great. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at her headshot now and uh she kind of has a a look about her that I feel like movies look for for maybe some kind of like uh deranged hick type of character <laughs> yes. which sucks. Yeah, but if you saw show... her in real life you'd be like that's a normal person of no note. <laughs> In this show, she is playing the the um, chaperone, and she is a woman who uh, was, like, involved with deploying the Marines at the beginning of World War II, Whoa. so she was, like, one of the women who ran draft offices or whatever, um, and, like, it gets into the fact that, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know, I haven't finished watching the series, maybe it goes into it deeper, but, like, when she is telling people how they need to behave, it's very much from the point of view of, like, I ha- I have had to get hard because I had to deal with so much sexism every second of my life up until now, mm-hmm. and I need you to do that, too, because you can't just go beat these guys over the head with a baseball bat as much as you wish you, you could. Mm-hmm. Um, which is way more interesting. I think she's a really interesting character. I hope they get into her more. All right. Uh, how is uh, the 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 gruff but lovable coaches Nick Offerman this time? Right. I gotta say, I'm loving it. Um, even though, like, I mean, Nick Offerman is so charming, and I just I love him in everything. But they do a very good job of something that I think is a failing in the movie is that Tom Hanks is a little bit unbelievable. You have to kind of imagine him as a cartoon character because he gets the paycheck and then he shows up and he hates 
these women so much. Yeah, it's hard to believe like, he would ever be a good coach. Yeah, exactly. Like, A, the arc of him becoming su- such a good friend to all of these women doesn't really make sense with how terrible <laughs> he is at the beginning. Yeah. And B, the fact that he would agree to do this job and then show up and fucking loathe everyone around him all the time <laughs> is insane. <laughs> Um, Nick Offerman does a good job where he's, like, he's the coach, he shows up and does a bunch of, like, Yogi Berra-style platitudes and stuff with people, and it's not until a couple episodes in that you realize that he doesn't give a shit, (laughs) um, because everyone's like, oh man, you're this great old pitcher, and, like, uh, I I have so much respect for you, I want to learn from you and stuff like that, and he keeps on being like, yeah, you're a real ball player now, like, women can be ball players too, and I support this team, and blah 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 blah, and then after a while you're like, is that all the coaching you're gonna do, is just saying those things over and over again? It's great, it's so much more subtle in a way that I really enjoy. <laughs> okay, that was the one, that was the character I was most worried about, because it felt like if they were gonna do the same thing as the Tom Hanks character, they picked the most on the actor possible for that but if the fact that they're having him like pretend to be nice instead is i think an interesting flip yeah it's really good it's really a good way to sort of have the same story arc but with a different vibe from the beginning and and a more believable vibe i think i mean tom hanks is hilarious um He's playing he, against type in that movie. That's, like, the thing of it that makes it yeah. so fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. like, you kind of have to rush past his dirtbag phase because it's a movie. I feel like in a series you'd have to spend way too long in the dirtbag phase, and I and I would start to hate him more, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I, wonder, I wonder if that's the problem with all of these, like... Uh, these Tom Clancy adaptations, instead of being an hour and a half long movie, now it's like a multiple season show, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this Jack Ryan's actually a bad man. It was fine when he was <laughs> hunting for Red October, but like, if he has to then go hunt for Red November and December also, that's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, the one thing that bothered me in the movie is... There's a moment where they say uh, newsreels are going to come and like uh, they're going to get uh, press about them playing baseball. Yeah, and they're like, "All right, we gotta do this. We gotta get that press." And then you see the newsreel, and it's all like these girls—they make spaghetti in the clubhouse. It's so cute. They think they can play baseball. And watching that for the first time, I was like, "Oh man, here it comes!" And they are going to be so angry about this. And in the movie. <laughs> No, they aren't, because it's just supposed to be funny. You are supposed to be like, ha, these girls think they can play baseball, and you're not supposed to think about it more than that. (laughs) Yeah, so they do get into that a little bit, and, like, you see the girls getting angry at that treatment and then having to talk each other down so that they don't just quit the league immediately, Mm -hmm. um, which is... Which is a more respectful treatment of this actual historical thing that happened, I think. Yeah. Also, there's a... There's a story about a the woman who is brought to like make everyone over to look more feminine. Oh yeah, and how she like started a cosmetics empire because she wanted to get away from her abusive husband and stuff. Mm, okay. And you're like, again, this show does a good job of being like all of the villains aren't villains; they are just people who 
tried to live their lives in a different way because society is so oppressive towards what women want. Mm. Alright, maybe I'll check this out. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. Um, I, I think that the thing that, the biggest criticism I have of it, which is uh, shocking coming from me, is that I wish there was more baseball in it. <laughs> <laughs> That is very funny. I, I realized as I was watching it that one of the thing, one of the reasons I think that League of Their Own might be one of my top ten movies of all time. I really love that movie, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I like it is because it has all of the fun and interesting parts of baseball without having to watch a game of baseball, which <laughs> is the most boring thing I can possibly imagine. <laughs> and like, I want that out of this baseball show. I want there to be more like highlights of the games that these women are playing mm-hmm. um and instead yeah. a lot of it is just like you see them in the clubhouse after the game like oh man that was a bad game that might be a budgeting thing because it's very hard to film like uh, people doing basically the stunt work of playing a sport you know yeah i'm certain that that must be part of it like and also they they're trying to cover a lot of ground in a short time and i get that but, like, it's so weird to be watching a baseball show, and I think mm-hmm. we've maybe seen... I'm, I'm like, three or four episodes in. I think we've maybe seen two pitches <laughs> total. It would, be, pretty good. it would be so... It would be so funny if they just never showed any baseball being yeah. played. Like, uh, it's like, what was that stupid movie called? Thank you, um, thank you for smoking, and Aaron Eckhart never even holds a cigarette in it. Oh, that's a good... I was thinking of, um... Sucker Punch, where they're like, mm. oh yeah, it's a movie about strippers, but every time they start stripping, it cuts to, like, shitty, terrible Zack, uh, what is his Snyder. name? Snyder action sequences instead. <laughs> or, um, <clears throat> how in the first season of Riverdale, Jughead is, like, seen in one scene near a burger, but doesn't touch <laughs> it or pick it up or eat it. <laughs> now that's just ridiculous. Uh, you want to see that the whole time. No, that's the best. Yeah, that's the, the best thing. The fact that you're waiting for it the whole time, and then like maybe three episodes from the end of the season, you see a burger on the plate, but it's never addressed or looked at. Even is see, delightful. I want the, I want them to go further with that and have there be whole scenes that are just Jughead sitting next to a hamburger on a plate with the like sweating that lost that lost like just single note. Soundtrack in the background, like, oh, <laughs> and it just the camera cuts back and forth between Jughead. And the yeah, David Cronenberg's Riverdale. Oh, fucking <laughs> the amazing! The burger starts transforming into his face, and he starts becoming a burger. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh god. Uh, anyway, watch A League of Their Own if you have Amazon Prime. It's free and it's extremely good, and you should rate it so that the bigots don't win. Uh, Lisa, what did you do this week? This week I got pretty into uh, a little bit of food experimentation on the lowest possible stakes, which is making uh, Mm. pizzas on pitas (laughs) in an air fryer, which if you haven't done, I highly recommend because you have (laughs) the pita, which is already cooked. Uh, I like the white Uh flour ones. They remind me a lot of just a regular pizza crust and like a super thin pizza crust, which is my favorite kind. You put some tomato sauce and cheese on there, then whatever you want, and you're all set. It's done in like five minutes. You made dinner. 
This is feeling very Lunchables to me. <laughs> hmm, I guess so, but uh, Lunchables take <laughs> out all the heating, which is uh, tragic because that they make they turn That's them into true. something completely disgusting. Yes. <sighs> so these these pita pizzas are good and not like school lunch pizzas. Yes, they're good. They're not like school lunch pizzas. Correct. <clears throat> hmm. Okay. All right. They're a lot like little. I remember when bistro I was- pizzas. Yes. I remember Ooh. when I was a kid, sometimes for lunch, I would just put tomato paste and cheese mm-hmm. in a pita pocket and microwave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like that. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, man. <laughs> Matt, you didn't have to admit that. <laughs> I, listen, I did have to invent it because I was six, and now I had to spread the poison <laughs> to our listeners. Fair, yeah. fair. Well, I think the downfalls of our homemade pizzas growing up is our parents always bought brown bread. Fucking terrible to make a pizza. And we never, ever had any type of Italian cheese, so it was just cheddar, which is also terrible for a pizza. I mean, this is all true, and yet I can't... I have to take a lot of the blame on myself. No one <laughs> no one told me to do this. Yeah. I'm not going to off-source the blame, I guess is what I'm saying. Alright, fair enough. Uh, but using a little pita, putting on some Italian blend cheeses, and little tiny pepperonis, which are my favorite thing. You can get a whole bag of them. They're just very small. They're like cross sections of a Slim Jim, and you put those all Perfect. over your your pizza. Oh, love it! I recent I recently realized how much of the flavor of pizza is attributable to oregano. Yes, I more like, than you'd think. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. I. I used to work with a guy who would take, he was like an absolute nutcase, and he would take different essential oils throughout the day for his, like, chi or whatever, I don't know. Uh-huh. He was an absolute nut bar. He was like a uh, like 60-year-old white man, and he kept on talking about, like, feng shui and stuff. You know, you know the type. Oh, yeah, man, I um, love the absolute nut bar. That's, I think, my favorite discontinued Hershey's product. <laughs> anyway... Uh, one of the things that he would take is oregano oil every mm-hmm. hour, and sitting next to him, you'd be like, fuck, I want a pizza so bad, because <laughs> he would reek of oregano. Yes. Uh, that's very Was true. I think Italian? about that with, like, pizza-flavored no. combos, which are basically just a little bit of tomato paste in the cheese mess, and then oregano oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I looked at the taco-flavored Doritos at the store the other day and was like, this is just cumin. You've just dusted these with cumin. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, there's something broken about the American brain that you can't just be like, here are potato chips flavored with, you know, oregano. You have to be like, these are pizza blasted! Like, oregano sounds too bougie or whatever. (laughs) fucking stupid i think it's great i remember the mojito craze of the mm, maybe early 2000s where every type of gum or like sports drink was mojito flavored which just meant they figured out that they could mix lime and a little bit of mint together for the flavoring yep oh man (laughs) mojito gum is really good though i guess it's not uniquely american because like england has uh roast chicken potato chips that are mm-hmm. just sage flavored. Yeah. Why do they need to do this? People get excited Tell about the, the spice flavor. it is. I don't want to imagine a chicken. I think it's the, <laughs> the context, you know? Because, uh, like, 
those pizza blasted ones, yeah, it's mostly oregano, but there's like a little bit of cheese powder and a little bit of like hint of tomato in there, just enough to make that oregano taste like pizza instead of mm, something else that has oregano in it, which I'm sure there is. <laughs> yes, there's lots of things. Yeah, Mediterranean food, mostly. Like tacos, for instance. Yeah. Uh, Although I guess like, I guess there's also Mexican oregano, isn't there? Yeah, I think most like Tex-Mex foods have oregano. As oregano and cumin is like an extremely like America does Mexican food vibe. Yeah, the difference for me between a uh, big bubbling pot of like meat and peppers and chili is adding cumin to it. <laughs> Mm, yes. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, cumin is such a transformative spice. I feel like yeah. if you put cumin in anything, you it it remakes the entire dish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also helps absorb some of the liquid. Ah, it's great. Cumin's great. That was wait. How much cumin? Are you <laughs> yeah, what's happening uh, now? <laughs> well, it's already when I'm making chili. It's already like not a ton of liquid, but when you add a little bit of cumin and maybe like chili powder. Uh, mm-hmm. Those powders help uh, help kind of dry it out a little bit. Uh, that's probably not the right way to phrase it, but like <laughs> it's not as it's not as liquidy after using some powdered seasonings in the, in the thicken the sauce. You might want to say this is a this is a good thing. Yeah, you because, want this? Yes, because I don't want chili to be the like consistency of soup. I want it to be like a little stickier. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about a thickened liquid, not like you've boiled off all of the fluids and it's just like a hamburger helper, basically. No, no, I'm I'm okay. saying that it's already like not, it's not soup, but it's also not quite as congealed as I want yet. Uh, and then as it, as it like finishes cooking. You find all the yeah, worst words to use. It. Yeah, you thicken the sauce. Yeah, congealed is not an appetizing word at all. Listen, it's making this you chili have, sound you, like a hellscape. You don't have to eat the chili. I still know it's delicious. <laughs> it's just, I mean, like, you're not wrong that that thickening a sauce is congealing it, but you can't, you gotta say it the other way, surely. You can't make me. <laughs> I watched a recipe the other day for drawn butter, and I was like, mm. I guess I never knew what drawn butter was, but this sounds gross. <laughs> Why? What, what, what is it? It's got, like, flour in it, and, like, milk and stuff. It's, like, yeah. almost a bechamel. Yeah, you're making a beurre is... blanc, essentially. Is this bad? Yeah, it's just, like, it feels like it wouldn't taste like anything. It would just taste like fat. Hmm. Whereas melted butter, you know, which is delicious. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> but you have to dip your lobster in it, obviously, of course. Yes. Obviously, if you're dipping something that is strongly flavored in it, I can see how it would be good. But, like, the the recipe I watched, it was on Tasting History, actually. Ah. I was watching an old episode where they were making, like, a Founding Fathers recipe. Oh, and right. Poached, poached salmon with drawn butter, and it looked disgusting. It looked like somebody vomited on the plate. <laughs> Very appetizing. Ugh. Fair enough. Anyway. Anyway, you I... have more to say about these fucked up pizzas? <laughs> They're not oh, fucked yeah. up. I think everyone should try them. <laughs> try them if you have an air fryer. 
That's what I'm going to say. Okay. 400 yeah. degrees for like two or three minutes. That's all you need. Melt up your cheese. This week I was, uh, I had a bunch of chicken cutlets. So that's only like, you know, three ounces of chicken a piece. But you cook those up in five minutes, chop them up. And then I had a buffalo chicken pizza. One day I had a barbecue chicken pizza. It was just fun to experiment. I will say I have hit the point where when I'm reheating takeout pizza, I will only do it in the air fryer now. Yes! It's so much better in the air fryer than it is in the oven even. Yes! Very true. People who put their leftover pizza in the microwave should seriously consider being kinder to themselves. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. I, uh... I, I, for a while there, was, like, heat it up in a pan and cover it, like, to, mm. to get to get it a little melty. Uh, mm. But that's too much effort, now that I have a toaster oven. Yeah. Yeah. What is the difference between a toaster oven and an air fryer? Is it just the convection fan? Yes. so, yeah. Okay. Also, use case is probably different. I will say that the shape of air fryers is bad and sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Mine is inside my Instant Pot, so I have to fit everything down into a six-inch cylinder. It stinks. Mine, the basket of it is just, like, shaped like a basket. You can't put anything in there. It sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I am fine with that. I like, uh, I, I like it being just, like, I don't know, it encourages me to use it like I would use a fryer. Yeah, but if I want to heat up a couple slices of pizza, I have to stack them on top of each other? No thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. Not good. <clears throat> anyway, what do we do on this show? Well, mm-hmm. we good go question. to the WikiHow suggested articles page and enter a random word. Sometimes the same random word we've done many times before. Whoops. But That's not this time. <laughs> Classic boner. <laughs> yep. Uh... And so we put a, r- a random word into the suggested article and get a list of articles people have requested about that word. And then we give people advice on how to do those things. And today our random word is graphic. Hooray! Graphic yep. novels, you nerds love it. Yep. How to start a graphic novel is one of these. Uh, it's a dark and stormy Batman. night. Suddenly, mm-hmm. Batman. Okay. Then All you right. go from there. You go from there. Batman. Oh, are we doing... No, we got to exquisite corpse this. Keep okay. going. Finish your sentence, Louisa. No, no. That's the exquisite yeah. corpse. Suddenly Batman. Suddenly Batman. Uh, mm. Leaps down from the roof and says a big swear and brutalizes a criminal because this is a graphic novel and not a comic book. Bastard, he yells into the <laughs> night sky. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> It's that really kind of slowed down storytelling that you get from a graphic novel. Oh yeah, there's several establishing shots before you see him say the word bastard. (laughs) I like the idea that we used the word graphic in every sense. Mm Because it had violence, it had graphic language, and also it's a comic. It really Mm -hmm. makes you think. Yep. Alright, that's probably all the jokes we're going to get out of that. (laughs) Out of the word graphic entirely, yes. Yeah, maybe. Ugh, no. Uh, how do you cite a graphic? That's actually an interesting question. Yeah. Do you have to? I mean, like, you should. If it's, like, yeah, an okay. infographic, I guess you're getting depends. a stat from it. When I say... Yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, when I see cite, I think, like, uh, in a academic paper yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and you should. Yes. And, like, I guess you could make an argument that cite a graphic could also mean, like, retweeting a... Uh, 
uh, JPEG and <laughs> and tell it saying who the original artist was. You well, yeah, do that obviously. Yeah, every time I see the "This is fine, dog," I'm like, "Damn it, Casey Green's definitely not getting money from this, and it sucks." Yeah, he should. yeah. Well, he he kind of took it back. Uh, he he Good merchandised like he sold. He did a Kickstarter to make plushies of the. Uh, I believe Question Hound is the name of that dog who appears in the This Is Fine comic. Uh, and yeah, he's, I, I think actually has now successfully reclaimed it. Um, Good. which has been hard. I don't even think the, I don't think the Pepe guy was successful in his campaign to do the exact same thing. Yeah. All he should have done is start drawing a bunch of comics of Pepe being like a gay Black Lives Matter supporter and then he would have. He tried he that tanked the whole thing oh really <laughs> yeah he tried like he tried pepe like burning uh the red maga hats and like mm. he tried you know just spreading awareness that like no it's i made it there, i think there's even a documentary about him and pepe yeah i think the difference is everybody loved the this is fine dog including some good people no good people ever loved pepe because he was extremely ugly so even though that was ironic, people who were not Nazis were like, well, fine, fuck it. We'll just not worry about Pepe ever again. Yeah, because yeah. it was already kind of a weird underground comic where the main image from it was a humanoid frog saying that it felt good to pee his pants. Ugh. Yeah, so it was already... I thought his thing was Feels Bad, man. No, that's the f- the swap. The swap. It was originally Feels Good, man. Because uh, oh, one okay. of his friends was like, hey, you just peed your pants, what's up? Are you okay? And he's just, response feels good, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that kind of, like, that kind of, like, Robert Crumb, like, underground, yeah. keep on trucking way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do, which sucks, I do also, by the way. I want to specify <laughs> that I don't like that style, but I, uh, yeah. I don't think that this guy's a bad person. I do think that it's weird that he did genuinely give us a very good valuable thing to our society of like making certain people instantly ignorable online yeah if you had a pepe Mm. frog anywhere in your profile like i didn't need to pretend that you might possibly be acting in good faith ever yeah Uh, i didn't realize that was a motorcycle for a second (laughs) jeff and i thought you were agreeing with my point very slowly (laughs) oh yeah yep i turned i was turning into a motorcycle (laughs) Uh, this is the gritty reboot of Turbo Teen, where yeah. every time that Jeff hears a salient point made, he turns it to a motorcycle. Yep. Yeah, you're a turbo guy in your 30s, and you can swear now. <laughs> Damn, bastard! You yell you turn into a motorcycle. <laughs> oh man! Oh fuck! I just realized that one of our few wonderful fans is gonna draw the comic of Batman that we described, and that makes me sad that they're gonna put that much work into something that's so stupid. No, I'm glad. No, it's good. I'm glad that that's going to happen, actually. Um, Uh, Here's one, though. How do you make cool graphics? Man, if I knew, if I knew how to do that, believe me, I would be a millionaire by now. Go to Mm coolgraphics.com Enter all your credit card information. (laughs) Hold okay. On, see if that exists. Coolgraphics.com. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> so oh, cool, you can't even say it. I have every virus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now go into your parents' wallet and take $1 and mail it to Soupy Sales. Uh, 
It so looks that's... like this is mainly a sad first. Uh, sad. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Oh no. Freudian, Freudian. slip. <laughs> uh, it looks like this is mainly a site for selling Wacom tablets. Huh. That's fun. It's yeah, kind of dis- just. It's disappointing that it's related to the term that we use to get to the site. Frankly. Yeah. I mean, like. Uh, it's not even coolgraphics.com, it's coolgraphicsstuff.com redirected from coolgraphics.com. Uh, what the fuck, man? This is a good URL and you're pissing it away. Yeah. Uh, how do we get rid of geographic tongue? You can't! Everyone's always gonna know. I also I think don't you have pick... to drink more water, right? Isn't that the thing? Isn't it a what? dehydration thing? Uh, it, I thought it... I took it the way Louisa took it, that it's just regional accent. Yeah, I did. Oh, That's no, I no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, oh, my it, friends. It does no. seem to be, it does seem it's to be. It's a medical yeti. condition where your tongue looks like a map. Oh, oh no! Because yeah, of, like, blooms of, of uh, bacterium because you didn't drink enough water. Oh, no! Yeah, it looks like Guys, coolgraphics.biz is available, though. <laughs> Pretty good. <clears throat> so, that's just a gift from me to your fa- to our fans. Anyway... Um, yeah, no, geographic tongue is a real thing, and it's real freaky. I hate it. I think it's kind of cool. I love when a disease has a name that's, like, not descriptive of what's happening to you at all, but instead is like, oh yeah, your your face looks like, uh, it, it, you know, it's covered in raspberries or whatever, so we called it raspberry disease. Yeah. <laughs> well, I banged my knee on the door frame, and now I have elbow's foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. But luckily, I don't think geographic tongue is like something you would need to go to the hospital for. I don't think it hurts you in any no, way. No, I looked it up. It said uh, use uh, antiseptic mouthwash to get rid of uh, it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, how to generate cryptographically strong sequences of pseudo random bits. Mm. What? I don't know. Go to your board game cabinet and get Scrabble out. Okay. And then shake up the the bag of letters and pull out uh thirty-six of them at random. Okay. Okay, and this that's... is an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your new uh cryptid. Here's what I don't understand. It says cryptographically strong, so you want it to be a good uh, puzzle, like unbreakable code. Uh, yeah. Then it says pseudo-random. Why not have it be truly random? I don't understand you that. There is no such thing as true random. Oh, in God. Yeah, you can't. <clears throat> sorry. You this can't, guy. This guy. You, yeah. can't, you can't generate those uh, with a computer, but you can generate cryptographically strong pseudo-random bits. Uh, I mean, that's... The, that's what I was talking about when uh, we were discussing how our random word generator gave us double words three separate times. <laughs> it's just because, like, if it's from some friggin' website, they're starting from the same, like, random, big quotes, point, uh, and following, like, a, a list of uh, a list of things that was randomly generated mm. some, yeah. some time in the past. And, like, if you think about it, when you ask something to do something random, you're like, here's a list of numbers from 1 to 100. Pick one at random. Mm-hmm. But the idea of picking one, how does the computer pick one? It doesn't have a consciousness to be like, I feel like this one this time. Yeah. So it has to be done from like the system clock or whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, I think that there was, I'm not sure if it's on random.org, which has a lot of information about computer randomness, but there was a place where you could get random numbers that were generated via input from, like, an infrared camera at someone's desk in, like, a lab somewhere. So, like, it actually did, because it had some kind of input from the outside world, it was able to uh, generate more real randomness than a computer normally could. Uh, They just need to get one of those big things full of ping pong balls like they do for the lottery, and then just have those come out and have the computer automatically read them. Interesting. There we go, yeah. The computer automatically paints one side black and one side white, and then automatically mm-hmm. reads them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, this is I want the whole thing to just be about this now, but we should move <laughs> on to how to choose a graphic designer. Um, go to like a place that sells T-shirts, a hot topic, if you will. Uh-huh. Like, may I speak to Ms. Topic? First mm-hmm. name Hot. Find the shirt that that most speaks to your childhood experience Mm -hmm. and then uh go to the counter and say i'd like to speak to the artist please Mm -hmm. and they have to let you or it's entrapment Mm -hmm. yeah that's true exactly yeah you can't Uh, sell any products without keeping a file of the artist's (laughs) name and addresses and uh, contact information for anyone who asks (laughs) all of the shirts at hot topic are farm to table (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) That's right. Uh, I would say you go to their website because this is one instance the graphic designers because no 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 how do I pick a graphic designer I can't you... pick, I can't go to one till I pick it no you can here's the thing you don't have to pay for anything when you go to a website so you look up a bunch of graphic designers oh, life hack you go to their websites and this is one of the professions where you can judge entirely on someone's website if you think they're good at being able to do the job you want them to do or not. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! What if, what if you just type your name and then the word logo into a Google image search? Oh, I think we have to do that then, huh? Yep. Oh no, I forgot that there's a very famous photographer of sad things named Matt Heron. <laughs> <laughs> These are all just pictures of civil rights atrocities. Oh no. Mm, I just put it in Louisa and I got County of Louisa, Virginia. What is this? (laughs) Nobody knows. I will say if you just do matte logo, it comes up with some pretty good stuff. Good. I think that a good way to pick a graphic designer is to just go on Instagram and start browsing hashtags for the thing you want. Mm -hmm. And then send them an unsolicited DM offering to pay them in exposure. They love that. (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite thing most will have info in their stories or their posts about like commissions and if they're open and how to do it and like pricing um Mm. and because the algorithm is uh frighteningly precise i that's how i got the uh recommendation for that artist that drew uh louisa with all of her pokemon that we sent her Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's right uh just Came up in my, in my, I hit search to go look for something else and do something else that I probably then forgot to do. <laughs> Saw that artwork pop up and was like, ooh! <laughs> something new. Here's the thing. The Starbucks logo, the, like, actual logo doesn't have words on it anymore. It's right. just that mermaid. So just use that. Oh, mm, yeah, they, they can't, can't trace it back. You're right. It could be know. for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you use the old Starbucks logo that they don't use anymore? 
There, oh, the one that the one with extremely prominent breasts. Yeah, the one that has the the two tailed mermaid with boobs and it says coffee tea spices. Yeah, they're not using it. It's yeah. true. Are they going to be pissed at you about it? Come on. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You put an apostrophe in Starbucks. Oh, then it belongs that... to Starbucks from Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the perfect plan. You put, bulletproof. You put a picture of uh And you sell bulletproof camera. coffee. Actress's Katie, name. Katie Sackoff? Yep, Katie Sackoff holding a yes! cigar wearing a ah! Good job. I'm, I'm ripping off my soccer jersey and running around the room. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, I don't know I the... I can't believe I pulled that name. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, it's because you're such so a big Star Wars fan. I just remember constantly being angry about the fact that she wasn't cast as Captain Marvel. Oh, uh, yeah, she would have been good. I guess they probably... She's pretty old now, though, huh? They. I don't know that she's that much older than Brie Larson. Uh, no, she is. I think Brie Larson is, like, my age, and Katie Sackhoff was my age. Like, yeah, she's 42 now, which, uh, I don't, I don't think that's too old to play a superhero, but, uh, Disney definitely does, because of their Isn't Robert Downey Jr. like 60? (laughs) I think he just hit 50, uh, but, Mm -hmm. um, there's a major difference between Iron Man and Captain Marvel. Uh, let's Mm. see if you, the... The uh, the reader can can identify it before we can. Is it the beard? It's uh, it's the genders. Mm, I've heard that gender is just an illusion, a societal construct. Yeah, wow. get Jeff, yeah, get him. Yeah. Disney is uh, one of the entities in charge of enforcing that construct <laughs> and making sure yes. it survives. <laughs> uh, the but... two genders, as we all know, are Captain America's and Iron Man's. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I didn't... That's what Civil War was about, isn't it? Yeah, Civil... It was... Yeah, it was the Battle of the Sexes. <laughs> Civil War called Battle of the Sexes. Oh my god! If somebody made a remix of the poster for Civil War that said Battle of the Sexes, that would be incredible. Uh, there's another layer of this joke for Marvel heads out there, because Civil War 2, the two sides were Captain Marvel and Iron Man. Oh, wow. Pretty good pretty good. How come it's always Iron Man? What's his deal? Can't he just calm down? He's a dickhead. Yeah. He's like defining he's capitalist. Yeah. He's the capitalist and yeah. so of course everyone thinks he sucks. He's th- Even though I think he was more right than Captain America in the first Civil War but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. His uh, the I think that the reason people enjoy Marvel stories is because the heroes who will do the right thing are also like not particularly nice people that you would want to be friends with. Mm, counterpoint Peter Parker. Yeah, he's mm. he's got the opposite where like his relatability is that he has all of the problems that a normal person would have have and then also wants to do the right thing. Yeah, it does get kind of frustrating after fucking 60 years that he's never like it I feel like when I read a Spider-Man comic now, I feel like uh that character from Futurama where he's like why doesn't the the female simply rip off the arms of the male or whatever like why doesn't Spider-Man why doesn't Peter Parker at some point just be like fuck all of this I'm just going to be a full-time avenger and like I'm just going to put my fist through Flash Thompson's chest cuz fuck that guy yeah they do that occasionally uh and then always have to reset to him being broke 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess Parker Industries was a multinational corporation for like six months, and then no one's ever heard of Peter Parker again after that. <laughs> this is like when you build a Sim City, and then you, you do the money cheats, and then you get mm-hmm. ten llama domes in your city, and then you're like, "Fuck it, I have to start over from scratch." Yeah, it, I have to be. It would actually be easier again. to start over than to try to fix the mess I made for myself. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh man. Was that what? almost all of these are about your graphics card and like guys just it's so easy to put a new graphics card in your computer. There's a slot that says graphics card on it and you get a graphics card and it fits in that slot. Done. Well, what about all the little screws that fall out of your computer and into the carpet? Yeah. What about those? Mm, checkmate. <laughs> just get a box of screws, I guess. <laughs> Just get some drywall screws at the hardware store. It's the same thing. They're all the same. Honestly, when I lost the, like, case screws to put things into my computer case, I'm like, eh, I probably have a bunch of little screws laying around somewhere. And I did. Yep. And they fit. Nice. I bought, I bought for, like, $10 a, a little folio full of tools for, for opening up computer cases. And in that thing, for free, they had, like, little boxes of 100 of each of the different sizes of those screws. Excellent. Incredible. Just do that. You can sprinkle Um, them on top of a cake and no one would even know because they're so small. Poison. Poisoning them. You'd probably be fine. Would you? I I don't think you'd be fine, but I don't think you'd be poisoned either. There's something in between. Pass them through your body. All right, let's end there. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And uh, please uh, tell your friends about the show, because that's the best way we can grow our audience. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord to talk to us directly by messaging us on Mastodon. I'm at MattHeron at Mastodon.online. Uh, I'm also available online. Uh, I had a terrifying nightmare last night that I was, uh, I had a podcast producer who was like, your podcast isn't good because you're not trying. You have to try harder. But it wasn't this podcast. It was a different podcast I was doing that was, I believe in some way, maybe a cooking show, definitely about Wario in some way. I love this. Uh, oh, garlic. Yeah, I believe my producer may have been Jesse Thorne or someone mm-hmm. like related to Maximum Fun. Good uh, casting. And it was a very, very depressing dream, except when I woke up, I was like, oh, I don't have a podcast that I make myself anymore, and so that doesn't affect me at all. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to see the distant past when I did have a podcast I made my own, you can go to weaponizedlanguage.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to end so abruptly. Yeah, I no, even... I didn't realize I was going to tell oh that God, story Oh my god, you guys have to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> Fucking stop it. Shh, shh. You can Sorry. talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Thank you. Also, I just want to briefly mention, someone has asked on this uh, wiki how that we didn't get to, how to make a shirt graphic at home. I have done that. And if you'd like to see the shirts that I've made, you can go to thedyremushrump.threadless.com. Yeah, those shirts rule. I have several of them. Thank you. The only place I ever go is to the gym, so I wear them to the gym all the time, but everyone always compliments me. Yeah. Hooray! I have three T's and a tank, I believe. Yay! This is going great. Alright, well thanks everyone for listening to the show. Please come back next week. In the meantime, though, do not forget that if it's not Matt, it's not worth it. Uh, I don't know if other people are going to be into it. I'm the best around!